you know, this is specifically targeted for people of color. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm very intentional with that um, because I know for people of color, as you mentioned, it may not be easy. Like getting therapeutic care um, is not easy. You know, there's systematic, systematic things that prevent us from getting proper care. You're listening to Stuck in the Middle podcast, a platform for entrepreneurs, innovators, artists, and movers and shakers of African descent. Hear stories, ideas, experiences, and advice on breaking the mold. This episode is brought to you by our online store. Visit sitmpodcast.com to shop Stuck in the Middle podcast gear. Yo, 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 welcome to another episode of Stuck in the Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Uncle AK. <laughs> you, had to, you had to crank the engine there, huh? Man. <laughs> you listen, good? I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. You good? I'm good, man. Listen, welcome to another episode of Stuck in the Podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. Welcome back to all the you know, regular viewers. It's the Stuck in the Podcast. This episode is sponsored in partnership with Perfect Office Solution. They provide office space for entrepreneurs in the DMV area. So if you hit them up, let them know we sent you. You get 10% off your monthly lease that's perfect office solution you know what i mean mm-hmm. listen bro i'm excited for today man yes sir why this why is why a, this is a topic you know what i'm saying like you can never talk enough about mm-hmm. and you know it's something that we're big off big on you know what i mean and uh, we've even had a whole forum and you know panel discussion on this so right. yeah, i'm excited for this and i'm excited for the guests so yeah go ahead and let them know who got in the building bro yeah man we have a very special guest in the building um she is the founder of empower young excellence and an lpc therapist and it's none other than diane placid welcome to stuck with the podcast yes, sir. thank you thank you yeah, yeah. how thank you feeling you good hot but good <laughs> it's hot outside it's hot it outside is, it man is. it's the arizona weather right now you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's only definitely. it's only june i can imagine you know what's gonna happen and summer just know, started you know later in july and august i ain't complaining when that cold come yeah, yeah man. <laughs> my birthday's in july so hey what day come. um 22nd 22nd july so while we on that topic who is you know what I'm saying like diane who is diane for those who don't know mm-hmm. well for those who don't know um i am um from haiti my family's from haiti i was born in new york brooklyn new york grew up in the dmv area specifically laurel um i I am a licensed professional therapist. I got licensed about two years ago. I specifically work with children and youth. Now I'm starting to work with adults. Um, I work for a nonprofit in Washington, D.C. So I think that's a summary Mm -hmm. of basically who I am. And yeah. What's your your back? What was your background? Did you go in like, man, this is what I want to do is, you know, therapy? Actually, no. Um, I didn't even know therapy was a thing. Um, I kind of fell upon it. When I got to high school, um, I was really a social person, a little bit too social. Um, <laughs> I was like a little socialite, to, um, just a mess. Um, and I didn't really take my grades seriously. Um, not because I couldn't, but I didn't really apply myself. Mm-hmm. That's another story in itself, though. But anyway, so anyway, my last year of high school, I ended up taking a course, um, a psychology course, because my guidance counselor scheduled me for this class. She said I needed it to graduate. So I took this class, and I actually fell in love. Now, I always, I know it sounds cliche, because people say this a lot, um, I've always been that friend that people always felt comfortable in talking to, coming um, with their problems and stuff like that. And when I found out about psychology and I realized, oh, this could actually be a career. Like, Mm. this could be something I can really, you know, get into. 
that's when I like fell in love. And um, so I took that psychology course, completely aced it, loved it. And when I got to college, well, my grades wasn't good enough for me to go to like a university. So I ended up going to PG first. It was really roughing it up. I was, my mother, and, but my, at the end of the day, my mom was Haitian. She's foreign, and in Haitian culture, education is very important. So that's, um, they don't care what you do, but you have to get an education. So I really didn't have a choice. Mm. Um, but my first couple, well, my first semester at PG, I majored in psychology. I got a 4.0, and the rest is history. Ended up going to Towson University for undergrad. And got my graduate from Howard University. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That bounce back. <laughs> you gotta clap for that, man. Right. You know what I mean? And when you find yeah. your passion, that's important. What is it about therapy that, you know, it's like, you know, your strengths, what mm -hmm. makes you a good therapist? And what is it about therapy that's like, man, I fell in love with this? I think it was something that was our, a quality that I naturally embodied. Um, I love talking to people, I love understanding people. Um, I was always the little one that always thought about how people thought, how people, um, why people made certain decisions. I was always analyzing stuff like that before I even knew it. Um, so th I think becoming a therapist naturally just worked with me. Um, in psychology is really, you know, you're studying um, the mind. So for me, I just... I, I don't know. It was something that I fell so in love with. I felt like I was doing all my life already. Mm. Um, so when I became a therapist and really started to learn um, the different sides of therapy, the different you know things, techniques you could use, um, I stopped being that friend to everyone else <laughs> because it, it it can be a lot. Um, yeah. Mm. You've been a therapist before. Yeah, definitely. Um, so in 2015, I lost my brother my older brother, um, which is part of the reason why I became a therapist, too, because, you know, mental health is also in my family, I, you know, my background. So when he passed away, I decided to go to therapy. Also, because becoming a therapist, before I really got into it, um, the first thing I wanted to do when I got licensed is to seek therapy, to really analyze myself and um, get that type of support. Because I had, I mean, when he passed away, I was like my last semester of grad school. Um, so everything was happening at that time. So I felt like, uh, you know, before I really start going into this field, I want to make sure that I'm okay. Mm -hmm. um, and talking to someone and actually knowing what it feels like to be on the other side of that seat. Because a lot of therapists, you know, just because you're a therapist doesn't mean you don't have your own. That's what I was going to say. Don't yeah. you feel like you go crazy sometimes hearing people's stuff, man? Like <laughs> I don't because, you know, when I leave work, I leave work. I'm Diane, like, I don't talk about work that often. You would think, you know, it's always constantly in your head, but nah, like, I have really dope friends, too, so um, I have my ratchet times off of work, happy hours, stuff like that. You know, have fun traveling, doing things to really escape um, from what I do for a living. Mm -hmm. So it's not something that, you know, I'm 24-7. I'm not a therapist 24-7. Right. Um, I make sure that I do stuff like, you know, practice self-care and um, get into things that doesn't involve me having to be, you know, analytical or, you know, mm -hmm. a, another, you know, just having to be someone else's um, confidant. Mm -hmm. Like I want to. Yeah. Before we get into um, empower, empower um, young excellence, mm -hmm. um, 
mental health, like it has a stigma associated with it. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? And in 2019, how far do you think we've come in terms of, you know, um, speaking about that stigma and mm-hmm. um, kind of, you know, eliminating that in today's society? I think we came, we've come really far. I feel like now it's it's almost like a fad. Like people are really taking, um, they're really conscious about where they are with mental health and you know, make sure making sure they're practicing their self care um, routines and stuff yeah. like that. Finding ways to like exercising. Like pe- a lot of people don't know if everybody all like self love is the best. Yeah, reason. and if therapy therapy may not be for you. Um, you know, I tell the people you have it's something that you have to be ready for. You have to really sit with yourself and realize: Am I really ready to have someone assist me in analyzing myself and looking into myself? Because that's not easy. That's really hard. So. I think we came a long, long way. I think now the question or really what I want to take part in um, in my journey is how do I translate, you know, what we the fat here to, you know, Haiti mm-hmm. to other countries in the African diaspora. Like it, it may be, Yeah, because it, it's popular in the United States, of course, with, in the black communities becoming we're taking it seriously. But I think it's also important for us to make sure that it's being taken seriously to back home. So let's mm-hmm. talk. Let's talk. You know, young empowering young. Dang. Empowering young excellence. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a mouthful. What's that about? So empower young excellence. That was created because well, the title itself. I feel like it affirms something um, with our youth. Um, so when you say it, you know, it's, it's kind of like you're telling them, you know, you're, you're already excellent, mm. you know, it's now like, how do we empower you to really tap into that? So that's what empower young excellence is and really trying to encourage our youth to be proactive about their mental health, mm. because a lot of people don't understand mental health is a continuum. It's not just like, just when you say mental health is not a deficit thing, you know, your mental health is a overarching thing Mm -hmm. so if you say like physical health like physical health when you say do you have physical health everyone in this room has physical health you know you the question real the real question is you know whether you are on you know the fit side or the unfit side so you know that's the real question it's not you everyone breathing there's a level of physical health in this room um, so that's just like mental health. Mental health, everyone has it. It's just, are you on the wellness side or are you on the illness side? Mm-hmm. You know, and how you figure that out is how, you, you know, the quality of life you live, um, what the things you do to ensure that you're, you know, moving towards the wellness side. Right. So being proactive about your mental health is important because that's how you kind of sustain your mental wellness. Um, so that, you know, involves a lot of things, whether it be exercising, whether it be whatever talent you have, you know, some people like music, art, and some things you may need to seek extra help for, like, getting therapy. Or maybe you need to make sure you're staying on top of your medication. Um, maybe you need to make sure you're making, um, you're maintaining your physical health, too, um, and the level of stress that you have in your life, like all those things. Um, impact your mental health. Mm. To your that own. makes sense. Yeah, it does definitely. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and your organization focuses on the youth, the kids, right? Yes. So, um, basically, with this, with Empower Young Access, I really want to help minority youth um, really understand ways to be proactive about their mental health. Um, to educate them about really what mental health really is, because a lot of times when you say mental health, people 
often get like, I don't got that. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they get um, turned off or put off about it. Um, so really making sure that the conversation um, involves not just a deficit mental illness, but mental wellness. Like, how do we ensure that we are maintaining our mental wellness? Um, what are what are some things that you're doing? How are you? Um, I think the more education we have about it, the better it becomes normalized. Um, but more importantly, you know, with that, how do we carry this over to Haiti? How do we carry this over to Africa? You know, countries in Africa and right. stuff like that. So um, that that's my like mission. They say it takes a, a village to raise a child. Yes. And you focus on kids. But then what about the adults? Because I feel like um, if you educate adults, right. um, it's easier to pass on that mentality to the kids. Right. But um, going directly to the kids, oh, please like mm-hmm. tell us the approach here. How Like how do you... Do you balance, you know, um, the information you're giving to the kids, um, contrary to parents, being that we're talking about minorities here? I, I, I think it, it targets kids and youth, like teens as well. Um, but anyone can value, you know, anyone could um, take um, some value in the information that's out there. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason why I specifically target youth is because they are, um, and I know a lot of people say this, but their ability to be molded. Um, mm-hmm. you know, they're really not stuck in their ways and they're mo they're the most impressionable. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I, that, that was just a thought I had, but anyone, like if you go to the website, um, I E Y E M M M dot org, um, you could find the information useful. Right. Well, what, what yeah. is, you know, I just, sorry to cut you off, but what mm-hmm. is causing such a, you know, comprehensive need for mental health in our youth? I mean, you know, personally, I feel like, you know. Especially the social media era. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, a lot of people just want to keep up with other people and it's driving people crazy. Yeah. But in your view, what is causing, you know, are you, and by that I mean millennials, such yeah. a, you know, desperate need, comprehensive mental health needs. Generation Z and millennials. Facts, so that's yeah. our new. I thought it was Generation X. I was generation yeah. Um, so I think it, it's, it's such a wide question because there's so many answers. Mm. Like, um, it's not a one thing problem. Um, you know, because a lot of, you know, being a therapist, I see things, I'm able to see, like, different perspectives on a lot. Um, and it, it's just not, I don't think it's just a social media thing. Life at home, it could be life at school. Um, it could be your interactions. It could be genetics, you know, like, it could be your environment. Um, and social media may kind of exaggerate those things you know because at the same time you're living real life but then you go on social media and you may see things that are not really realistic Facts. but you being you being young you kind of buy into it mm-hmm. and then now you are trying to like live your life based on these you know things or these you know false realities um but as well like i i was on um i was saying this the other day i think that we also need to empower them to know that their ability to create, like, first of all, our generation is like the hybrid generation. Like, we really created these platforms. We really um, found ways to, like, monetize social media, which was a great thing. I think this youth now, but we, like, we knew what it was like before social media and after. This youth, they only know social media. Um, and they're only basically adding to what we already you know know or mm-hmm. you're creative or whatever indulged in so it's interesting because the stuff that we were 
you know afraid of like you know the, the hot things like instagram facebook they're not really on that they're not now finding new apps and new social media um, outlets to really express themselves um like tiktok and most of them now are on youtube so they're mm-hmm. finding ways to make money so it's not like they're only it, i don't i just always make sure to say that because it's not like a only def like a negative thing with them mm-hmm. um it's just really figuring out how to balance both of these things like okay you're on your phone a lot but let's download some apps that you can learn about how you to how to take care of yourself how do you take care of your mental health because there's mental health apps out there to check in to do um like um not assessments um but basically you know like questions you can answer to check in on your um, mental well-being so that's important and educating about that because sometimes you have to meet them where they're at Mm -hmm. um of course if you're a parent you want to make sure that they're you know you make your own decisions on how much time you're giving (laughs) your kid on the phone but um you you just want to monitor but also meet them where they're at so there's different apps out there but it's it's very dangerous it could be very dangerous right. so i agree with you like some some of the things that are on social media especially the traumatic things like the shootings Thanks, yeah. the violence the sexual um stuff um can be a lot i gotta ask though um because a lot of people who've been to therapy um they talk about two types of therapists um the ones where you know um, they just listen to you you mm-hmm. know you kind of you kind of mold yourself you know you like build yourself you know self-confidence let's just say you lack self-confidence you know mm-hmm. you build yourself yourself and they have the ones that direct you or try to instill these different values in you mm-hmm. um my first question is what kind of therapist are you mm-hmm. in that um in that pool and what's the best um for people watching right now who want to go to therapy but they don't know um the best therapist you know to go to what's the best therapist to go to um, I don't want to say the best therapist. I think every therapist probably has their own way to go about it. <laughs> um, I mean, not to say that there aren't any bad therapists out there or negative therapists out there or whatever, because, you know, with any field, you'll have your good right, apples right, and right, your bad right, apples. Right. Um, however, I think my best approach, I I kind of take my time to understand my clients. Um, and I really, really think it's important to educate my clients on exactly what like if they if they have a diagnosis if we're diagnosing them really what does that mean you know what does that entail mm-hmm. you know educating them about, about mental health the process and stuff like that take very much um time to really get them educated on that because a lot of times as therapists sometimes we may not think about you know the fact that they're this may be their first time in therapy especially for people of color this may be our first interactions with the mental health process so that's important, but I usually take it'll be like a lot of people don't understand when it comes when it comes to therapy. It's for me, in my opinion, it's really important for you to get to know your client really well and kind of guide them through a journey. You know, I don't really direct. I really, it's really my client. You know, processing their thinking um, and really. I'll just be on, you know, the other side, really guiding them through that, those thoughts. Mm-hmm. So it's really not about me telling you what to do. It's really me providing you with out. enough information so you can make that educated decision. Do you think therapy is overpriced? It can be. <laughs> you can answer the question. <laughs> <laughs> it can be, but it depends on are you 
do you have insurance? Are you going through your insurance? Mm. Are you paying out of pocket? Mm. What therapist you're going to? Where you're located? Mm. Um, how many therapists are available? Mm. Um, all of it. So it depends on a lot. Like so, for not the nonprofit I work at, we take insurance. So you know, the the um the clients that we serve, they don't have to pay out of pocket. You know, they go through their insurance. Mm -hmm. And um, a lot of them are from low-income areas, so they can't afford therapy. So that, you know, that is just like Medicaid. They mm -hmm. go through Medicaid. So um, they don't really have to worry about that cost. So what about people who don't got insurance and they really need therapy? Like, what's stopping them is that money, you know, to come mm -hmm. pay for therapy, you know, to come do all that. How do they go about, you know, getting services in that? You can, you can, there's, there's different ways. So a lot of therapists, um, some therapists may have their own private practice. Some um, may work for another private practice. Um, and sometimes they'll, therapists can do a sliding scale where they'll, you'll be able to sit with them and talk about what your budget is, what you can afford, and they'll work with you. Mm. Um, some therapists, therapists charge different prices like you may meet a therapist that may charge you know on the more expensive side you may meet, meet a therapist that's not that expensive like I just one of the clinical directors was she has her own private practice at, at the nonprofit I work at and she was telling me that she charges 60 an hour so that's not expensive yeah. um, but it may be expensive to some people um, so but at the same time you can work with you know, a therapist to let them know like, Hey, I may not be able to afford that. And how can we kind of meet, how can we meet halfway? Mm. Um, because a lot, you know, for the most part, you come to this field because you have a passion for it. Um, however, you know, you still want to get compensated. You still need to live, you know, adequate mm. life, a decent life. So you could be able to do your work. We, you just mentioned in everything, there's good and bad apples. You know every situation too that people who are going for the right reasons and people right. go for the wrong reasons oh uh, could you speak a little bit about those people who and i'm not saying you should point fingers mm -hmm. but um instances when you've seen people abuse the system in as, terms far of, as, as far as you know getting medications in the name of oh i got mental health but they'll probably get it to go sell it to other people you know because because uh, mm -hmm. some of the drugs you know be stabilizing people i guess right. or getting people I, I i'm not sure i don't know but I'm just wondering if you've seen instances where people abuse the system. As far as like the client or yeah, the, the client. therapist? Okay. Um, or the therapist. Sure. Okay. Um, so as far as the therapist, I don't think I have personally experienced seeing a therapist do something unethical like that. Mm -hmm. um, but as far as a client, I don't, I don't think I could say that too much. I, at least for my experience now I have clients who have court ordered um obligations to meet for therapy and don't show up you know and then it's like you know I got to tell your probation officer the truth if you don't come to therapy you don't come to therapy um for stuff like that you know of course and you know they'll try to abuse the system like oh well you know I did come twice did no I got to be honest you know um <clears throat> but also understanding that as a therapist you're your most your best interest you're in the best interest of your client so it's not like something that you ever want to harm your client for but you really have to like explain to them like hey you know I have an ethical obligations to be honest with the court or whoever about your you know your cons your consistency with mm -hmm, therapy mm -hmm. um so stuff like that but as far as medications that would be more so a psychiatrist so psychiatrist are the ones who prescribe medication as a therapist you know we di we can diagnose we could 
um, we can um, give you therapeutic therapeutic care. I'm sorry, but we do not prescribe medications, so mm. I don't know about that part. Right, right. right. But I'm sure you know it yeah. happened. Being they have this, oh, it's it's a nonprofit, right? Um, empower young excellence. Oh, it's not a nonprofit yet, but we're working in um, partnership with a nonprofit co- called Book for, Books for Earth for this mm-hmm. event that we're doing. But um, I'm working towards that definitely. Uh, before we get to that event, um, mm-hmm. in a bit, um. Mm-hmm. How do you separate your nine to five hmm. from um, um, young excellence? Damn, empower <laughs> young, young excellence. excellence. Yeah, it's cool. How do you separate? You know the two. You can just call it I. I. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I. That's easy. This whole time, yeah. I'm stressing you. <laughs> <laughs> abbreviation. You can call it I. Um. So basically, I always I call I my passion project because you know this is specifically targeted for people of color. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm very intentional with that um, because I know for people of color, as you mentioned, it may not be easy. Like getting therapeutic care um, is not easy. You know, there's systematic systematic things that prevent us from getting proper care. Um, and, you know, so for me, I really wanted I to really target the population that I feel needs help the most and because I'm of that population and because I grew up in a household um not only being black but being Haitian understanding the things that we're up against Mm. you know and I so that that's specifically why I did that but as a therapist I you know I see all populations you know I don't you know there's no intentional population that I have for therapy Mm. I for Haiti. Yes. Mental health books um, drive. Yes. Speak a little bit about that. So. She excited about that. <laughs> yes, I am. I'm so excited. So on July 28th, I am having a mental health book drive for children um, in Haiti. Um, we're partnering with this orphanage called Go Haiti. They um, have, um, they're building a school. And so we're, we want to provide them with mental health children books. So this book drive is not just um, books for like books in general. I mm. really wanted to specify that we want books related to mental health. So emotions, mm, yeah, feelings, yeah. anxiety, depression. Charlemagne. Charlemagne. <laughs> I mean, they're kids. I don't know if they'll be able to read all that, but you know, maybe in the future we can, you know, you know, expand on it. Mm-hmm. So I want to donate some books. I want to have this event. It's going to be a really dope event where people can come. It's free. All you would have to do is bring a book, um, a children's book related to mental health. Um, I have a team of people helping me with this. Shout out to my I for Haiti um, committee. Shout out out Books for Earth because they are the nonprofit. We're acting as a fiscal agent, providing them with this, um, you know, initiative. Mm -hmm. So um, they Books for Earth is a nonprofit. Also, they um, do collect books throughout the year. For children in Haiti and other countries, so it, it's really dope um, that they were willing to partner with us and do this great initiative. So on the July twenty eighth, um, four to eight, we will be in D.C. collecting children's books. Um, so I, y'all have to come out. Y'all What's the come? address? It's it's. Time. I don't know the address by heart, but I'll be announcing it soon. So, um, but it, it will be in Southeast D.C. It's going to be at a nice little um, rooftop 
really cute, Sweet. fancy. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, be out there, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, come out, <laughs> have a good therapy time. therapy on, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> and it's free. The only thing you have to probably worry about is parking. Right. Um, but there's a garage you just probably have to pay for. But other than that, it's on a Sunday. Come out. It's free, free parking. Mm -hmm. What is unique smile? And how does it oh, help uh, wow. girls build confidence oh, you guys from within? Did your research. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so unique, unique smile was a girls group that I um, developed um, for a, actually um, we are doing the group again this summer hopefully. But um, I I developed it at this at my previous job. It was a girls group that we focused on different topics like self esteem, body image, um, identity. Um, emotional regulation um, because I felt like with a lot of you know I had like a caseload of like 25 and some a lot of more young girls and I realized that those were some issues some issues that they a, a lot of those topics came up mm -hmm. so I felt like okay how can I kind of create this group where girls can come in and really talk about these issues and understand that there's other girls like them that are dealing with these similar topics so we did a lot of fun activities um talk about some really you know interesting things and i learned from my clients honestly um so it's not like you know i don't like to think my like just because i'm a therapist i'm above my clients or anything like that like i it's it's really like a interesting thing to kind of understand what where their little minds are headed and mm -hmm. what they feel and you know what they're the experts for real in their generation because they're living it so mm -hmm. i tell them this all the time like you know help me understand what you're going through what you what your face what your generation is faced up against so there is um this debate we'll always have um when it relates to mental health and i know everybody's experience is different mm -hmm. you know when i say this but um coming from where we come from you know, we see um, death, war, and all mm -hmm. that stuff. But then while we're here in America, um, the African-Americans, you know, they see death and um, drugs and all that. And um, that kind of puts them in a different space and time, mm -hmm. you know, as compared to, you know, kids who come from Africa. Mm -hmm. So does that, does that difference? That's and funny. we have that argument all the time. Yeah, so as a therapist, how do you... Too. Because, I mean, you know, having family from Haiti, like, there's a lot of traumatic things that happen, like, historically mm -hmm. um, and currently that they go through. Um, however, I think the main thing that I've been noticing and, you know, just knowing the research out there and knowing, like, um, just, you know, I guess being a therapist now, too, but um, that attachment piece to your caregivers is so important. So what I notice is, you know, foreign people or people from foreign areas, we do experience a lot of trauma, but it's usually in foreign household, you have this sense of connection with your family, like that family bond is still important. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't matter how far you go you still have that, you know, that connection with your parents, you know, the elderly, um, it's, it can be a very collective approach. However, here in the United States, it's very individualized. And sometimes, unfortunately, um, you know, you don't see that level of attachment with your caregiver. Like the kids I work with, a lot of times their parents are working a lot. Um, the parents went through their own traumatic situations, so they aren't able to be present as parents themselves. Um, 
you know, it's just a different culture here. Um, so I think that, well, I know that impacts a lot of how you're able to cope with trauma, how you're able to really be resilient. If you don't have that sense of attachment to your parents or any caregiver, it doesn't necessarily be need to be your biological mom or father, but someone in your life that you have a close attachment to that can impact your ability to be resilient or, um, overcome a traumatic situation. Mm. Mm-hmm. What, what kind of, um, you know, psychotherapeutic, you know, personal skills can I use, do our youth need to develop? And even, you know, that we in our generation have mm-hmm. missed in, to be able to succeed in this generation. Hmm. Um, I think that our youth um, should be aware of the different options available because I think that sometimes youth may, because I know even working with a lot of youth, suicide is a big thing. Um, and I think sometimes they feel like it's the easiest Man. thing to say because they feel like they're out of options or mm. they need that. They need someone to see them. They feel invisible. Um, so um, that may be the go to for them because they feel like there isn't really another or they don't have they're not they don't have enough options available for them that they feel like they can use so people can really take them seriously or see them. Um, so I think that understanding what else is out there um again how to be proactive with your mental health what um avenues you you actually have available instead of just you know thinking of that you know Mm -hmm. one thing so that i think the need for um engagement with the people around you support that love with your family your you know your support system that's very important as well um, and I, I, this is going to be kind of off, but um, because, you know, this is like a very important topic to me, I think ethnic identity is so important, too, especially for youth of color. Yeah, I was just going to ask you what uh, some some you got going on, the uh, ethnic the ethnic identity and academic achievement. What's mm-hmm. that? Yeah. So I uh, worked on this study with um a professor in Bowie which is she's actually like a men- she is a mentor to me her name is Dr. Charlotte McKenzie um she was working on this research um she's uh she specializes in ethnic identity um so she what she was trying to look at is how that ethnic identity identity piece how it impacts your ability to success be successful in college or Um, how it impacts your social, positive social behaviors. So when I heard about her research, I loved it because in, you know, grad school, my focus was on colorism, ethnic identity and stuff like that. So I wanted to really get involved in this research. Um, One, because I was interested, but two, because it's really important, I I felt. Mm -hmm. So what she found was basically, um, so with ethnic identity, we all go through these different phases. Um, usually, by the time we get to college, we're in one of two one of two phases. We whether we're committed or we're still exploring our ethnic identity. Um, so, ethnic identity means um, your cultural attachment. So, basically, um, you're from Cameroon. We're all black in this room, but you're from Cameroon. I'm from Haiti, Cameroon as well. Okay, so those that is your ethnic identity. Um, so that's different from just your, your race, right? So basically this study, what they found is the more aware you are of your ethnic identity, 
the better you are able to buffer against those like negative social behaviors, like risky behaviors, um, alcohol use. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Um, The more committed you are to your ethnic identity, the more successful you will be in college and um, the more um, the increase of positive positive social behaviors you'll have. Um, So that's basically what the study found, which I thought was very interesting and something we kind of can understand right Mm -hmm. because we understand that the more the the ability for you to know yourself it 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 really increases your ability to know other know other people interact with other people um understand the world around you um so in that i think it's important for our young kids to really know themselves and know that you know they're just not black you know, there's a lineage, <laughs> you know, you know, you have ancestors from other countries um, and finding out and seeking that knowledge and information on really what what is your ethnicity? How do you identify yourself? You know, it's bigger than you. You're bigger than this, you know, um, is so, you know, it's such a blessing to know, like your family's from Cameroon. You know that for a fact. Um, some kids are kind of can tend to feel lost like yeah I'm black but you know especially with young kids even though being um having black pride right now is another hot thing Mm -hmm. you know with our young kids I'm seeing sometimes they kind of still are reluctant to say I'm African-American you get what I'm saying so you know you know my sessions are always fine you know even with colorism and stuff like that that's still a thing um so it's important for me to affirm certain things in them and also help them help educate them about you know how to explore your ethnic identity you know so that you are able to commit to it by the time you get of age you know or older so you actually know okay this is who i am this is where i'm from you know Man, what's the name of your practice again? How can people get in contact with you? I don't have a that? practice yet, I hope. I mean, you're, you know, you're a uh, non-profit. Oh, okay. So you can follow me on Instagram. My Instagram is um, E-Y-E-M-M-M. That is my Instagram. And you can also look at my website. My website is org. So check me out. You know, I have a lot of great things coming. Um, come out on July 28th. Um, I for Haiti. We're doing the mental health book drive, so that's important. Yes. Mm-hmm. Single, married, <laughs> divorced. <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> I'm definitely single. Mm. Um, I'm not definitely. looking. Why you say it like you do men's thing? Um, it's not definitely like it's you know I love love. It's not that. Um, but no, I'm single. I'm not looking. But if it comes, it comes. You know. Um, yeah, I'm just chilling, enjoying life, loving myself, and yeah. For all the men who are scared of um, women in higher positions or a therapist at that, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Thinking, oh man, she's about to be analyzing my brain. Just I go to her that. session, bro. That's you easy. Know, I but, hate when people. I hate when guys say that. What advice do you have for you know guys like that? Okay. <laughs> well, I'm not analyzing twenty four seven. I don't get paid to do it. So like, no, I'm playing. But um, <laughs> it's not a thing that I do twenty four seven. Like I really like to get to know people. Um, kind of, it's kind of like people really, when I meet people, it's kind of like you determine your behaviors, your, you know, your attitude and all of that. It determines how I perceive you. So, you know, I'm not analyzing you off the clock. It's, it's not, I can't, it'll be way too much. And it, it takes a lot to do that. Um, however, um, in about the confidence thing, I listen, you have to be confident. 
as a man, period. Like, if you are approaching any woman, like, it's important to be confident in yourself. I think it's a mentality thing. Like, you, it's not about how much you make. It's just the ambition you have, you know, and the work that you're doing to actually attain a goal, you know, and get somewhere. Um, not that, you know, of course, money's nice, um, but it's not everything because you can have money and just be lame. So you, you really have to have that sense of confidence when you're approaching any woman and know like, you know, this is, you know, and sometimes it's not like, I don't like to have conversations only about work. You know, I like to know somebody's personality, like your integrity, your characteristics, like that's important too. She looking. I'm not looking. <laughs> no. Because look, it's it, it comes natural. It should come natural. Like, you know, a lot especially with the things I have going on right now, I have a lot going on. So, um it's it's yeah, it, you have to like be prepared to like really it has to be right. So it what if that right. guy that Mr. Right comes and he wants to, you know, help you in your adventures and you know, all that. That'd be great. Mm. I mean, of course, you you know, anybody that you're with, you want them to compliment you. You want them to support right. you. And I want to support whatever they got going on. I really want to stress it's important. Anybody that I'm with personally, I I need them to have a level of ambition. What are you, you know, living a fulfilling life. Like, what are you really doing in this world to really... Um, make it better like the great dc point mr wale said i like my girls with a five-year plan yeah. listen we have had a pleasure they <laughs> <laughs> keep looking at me like i don't know my mind of diane that's <laughs> yeah. it yes, appreciate yes, you yes, coming yes. through kicking it with us man this has been an important conversation thank mm-hmm. you thank um, you and i hope that you know some of the people learn some stuff from there and uh, please do come back and uh, I will be seeing you soon. Yes, of course. In yeah, uh, the confines of your office, because I need to get some things, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> off my chest. The hotline for National Suicide, or the National Suicide Hotline is 1-800-273-8255, just in case anybody needed that. You know yeah, what I mean? thank yes, you. Sir. Hey, listen, this is Stuck With Me Podcast. Appreciate y'all checking this out. Thank you, you guys for having me. I want to say thank you for having me on. Like mm-hmm. I really appreciate it. I love this. This is dope. Thank you. Um, thank you. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No doubt. No before, doubt. before, before, before you close, I was just gonna say, is there anything that we haven't touched on that you wanted people to know? Um, let me think. No, just support. You know, support Come each. Through. It's important to support each other. Like yeah, I love the fact that I got the support. And shout out to Ma yeah, um, hey. for this opportunity because, you know, you know, having a great network sometimes not all about networking up, but mm-hmm. networking across. Yeah. So. I appreciate this so much. Shout out to Ma. Shout yes. out to that tree for not coming to work, but we'll understand. Fire! <laughs> 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 SITM Podcast on all social media platforms. We have had a pleasure speaking with Diane C. Placide. Yes. You know what I'm yes, saying? Yes, Mental yes, health yes. therapist out here doing her thing. Mm-hmm. AK. Yes, so. You good? Yeah, man. Yeah, yes. man. Hey, um, um, get your office space with Perfect Office Solutions, providing affordable, flexible um, professional office. Professional office. office yes, you know, starting at just 499. Use promo code SITM Podcast to get... Uh, 10% of your monthly lease. Um, follow us on all social platforms at SITM Podcast. Email us at SITMPodcast237 at gmail.com. Um, hit us with questions, comments, referral. We need questions for our you know, couch talk. Couch talk coming through next week. Yeah, man. Hey, that joint's going to be fire. Hey, it's going to be fire. We're going to shake the Shake The last part of that. Shake it's crazy. Yeah, it's man. Like hey, um, a, there's a blog, you know, uploaded a blog earlier this week called um, Black Women. Women. Privilege. Black women privilege. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not yeah, sure what black women privilege is, but go read, you know. SNTMPodcast.com. Yeah. Shout out to yeah. Lala out Chicago. She wrote it. Yeah, man. Lala, that blog 
Come on, call me. We have to talk. No, don't worry. We're gonna have a live. You know, so she could explain. You know, oh, what. she's coming to you. No, no, no. I mean, we're gonna have an Instagram live. Oh, okay. You know, I mean, um, probably cool. later. Go read it first. Go read yeah, it. Yeah, it's yeah, it Hey, Diane. Yeah. We doing it later. Uh, I am. What am I doing? Oh, cookout. Okay, I'm going okay, to cookout. Okay. Hey, be safe. You know what I'm saying. Y'all going on a boat? I heard so. Hey, yeah, yeah. Shh, don't shout! Don't shout! Don't shout! Don't shout! Don't shout. Be a secret, man. <laughs> Sorry, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is Tucker the podcast, and we are out. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Stuck in the Middle podcast. You can email us at stuckinthemiddle237 at gmail.com. Stay connected with us on social media at SITM Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and SoundCloud. And visit us on the web at sitmpodcast.com. <laughs>